Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast presented by Arizona Lottery. Don't forget to get out and buy your holiday scratchers. All right, joined by Mr. Ben White, Sean Brogan, 1290 on Twitter. I am merely Mike Luke. Uh, people out there that don't know, Brogan is a good buddy of mine. He was on the radio with me a lot of different times. He is natural on air, and we call him in for times like this. Hello, John Brogan. Hey, how are you guys doing? Yeah. All right, guys, let's talk about it. Um, first and foremost, Arizona, Oklahoma is here. Um, this would be, if Arizona were able to get this victory, by the way, shout out Brent Venables for saying that uh, Jed Fish does a very good job of developing talent. Wink, wink. We see you there, coach. Guys, if Arizona were to win this game, and I don't care in what manner it does, you this is really a nice springboard into next season, fellas. Yeah, it's huge, right? Um, you're going to be a program. If you win, you come out with 10 wins. And you upset a team that also has 10 wins, right? That's making the transition to the SEC. Now, granted, they have some issues just because Dylan Gabriel, the Oklahoma quarterback, isn't there. And there's a couple offensive linemen who opted out for the NFL as well. But nonetheless, I mean, it's huge. It, take, take in the moment. Enjoy it. Because where this program was two years ago, you know, all of us remember the one win season. All of us remember the 20 the game losing streak. So, again, I think it encompasses everything that this program's went for. And, you know, you listen to the players and in and, and what they're talking about this week, this is their championship. I mean, they're treating this a lot like you saw some of those bulls, you know, historically back in the 90s, Mike, as you know, where Arizona had the advantage. And it kind of feels like the same here. Right. Brogan? Yeah, I think the bottom line is whenever you have the chance to beat a team like Oklahoma, it goes a long ways. You know, beating New Mexico State in a bowl game is one thing because you're playing, you know, in the Sun Bowl or whatever, and it's. You guys are both seven and six, but beating a team like Oklahoma that has the profile, <clears throat> I don't read too much into the transfers and starting quarterbacks and all that because all Arizona fans are going to care about is, to Ben's point, we beat a team that's headed to the SEC, expect to be one of the better teams in the SEC. They've won 10 games. We're going to be at 10 wins. And we return pretty much everybody for next year. So this is a good kind of stepping stone and momentum builder as we head into next season. We should be ranked. And what I'm excited to see, too, is just what the talent looks like on the field. I think the one thing we saw with the USC game and it was kind of a harbinger for the rest of the season was, you know, the thing, granted, Arizona lost to SC, but I came away thinking, man, 
I'm not sure that SC had a lot more talent than Arizona. And that's where it's going to be interesting because, again, Oklahoma is that blue blood that's very much in that, you know, that USC ilk. I'm excited to see that. We're going to get into the matchups here in a second. But I'm excited to just see what Arizona looks like from a physicality, from an athleticism perspective, fellas. And I think that's the biggest surprise of this season, right? And in addition to the USC game, I mean, you look back to the Utah game where they blew out Utah and they just bullied them at the line of scrimmage. I mean, how often have we talked about this team just last? lacking physicality, lacking playmakers up front. And as we all know, football games are won and lost up front on on both sides of the line. And I think, you know, you talk about this defense and, you know, talent development and all that good stuff and Noah Fafita, obviously. But to me, the biggest surprise about this Arizona football program and everything we've seen during this win streak and and really this year is just the the defense and the, the level of talent you have, the size, the physicality, because I can't remember in recent memory a, a football game where Arizona won just bullying the team and and punching them right in the mouth up front. I mean, Arizona traditionally is a team that is going to have to get after it offensively and and outscore teams, you know, by 35 to 45 points to come away with the victory. But this team's just built differently. I mean, they're physical. They have the talent. And to Brogan's point, they pretty much return everybody. And I would imagine, you know, given the offensive line holes for Oklahoma, that Arizona is going to own that matchup at the line of scrimmage. Brogan? Well, and it's been, you know, 15 plus years since Arizona's had what probably 10, I mean, six or seven surefire NFL players, but probably 10 plus potential NFL players. So when you go into a matchup against your USC's, your Washington's, your Oklahoma's, usually they're the team with 10 or 15 NFL players. We're the team with maybe one. Right. And and it's a kicker. So it doesn't really impact the game that much. Your special teams ace. Yeah. This is Lucas Haversick. Shout out. (laughs) This is the first time that. Arizona will be able to match an opponent or this whole season really with NFL based talent. And I think you saw that by them running off all those games to, to win the season. The thing that I like the most about this bowl game for Arizona is, so I think it was Martel Irby who said, this is like a championship game for us to kind of stamp the season. And so I I have a feeling that Arizona has taken this bowl game a lot more serious than Oklahoma, who's typically they're in bowl games a lot, but this isn't the bowl game they started the season wanting to be in. So this is a letdown game for them, whereas for us, this is like our championship game to kind of put a stamp on the season. And, and see, that that to me is the key. Oklahoma is listing, list, uh, losing a bunch of guys, and but I really don't care how a win happens. You know, yeah. you could be missing 35 players, and I know you weren't saying that, but I, all I want is the victory here. Ten wins is a big deal. And, and again, I know it's one win to get all that. Nine wins and 10 wins just looks a lot different, especially when you're returning 18 of 22 starters, fellas. So that is a nice little springboard. And let's be honest here. um, I would say I would very much like uh, I would very much like to be able to sit here and say that uh, go uh, next year. Arizona will be a preseason top 10 team. Ben White, John Brogan. That means something to me. Well, it's very possible, right? And then with the way college football is next year, you're expanding to 12. So, you know, Anthony Gimino and other folks we've talked to throughout the week have even said, yeah, this is a, a fringe playoff team. And it not only helps you with that, but I think it helps you in a couple of different areas too. You're, you're making the transition to the Big 12. So this is an opponent and this is a perfect game, regardless of who's missing, you know, to get a feel for what that conference will look like. I understand that they're exiting to the SEC, but nonetheless, Arizona hasn't played an opponent like Oklahoma in quite a while so it'll be good to see how they look out in the field and again right from a recruiting perspective from a transfer portal nil perspective all that good stuff you want that visibility and people are going to look at arizona differently now to say oh my goodness they won 10 games you know this is a place where you can come in and 
make an immediate impact because obviously Arizona's returning all of these guys next year, but you want to create that momentum and just keep recruiting moving in a, in a positive direction. So I think it makes all the sense in the world for them to be here. I think it's fantastic. And um, yeah, I, I really don't care if, if half the team's missing. It's, it's a huge time win and fans deserve this for everything they've been through for sure. Brogan, we deserve this. Yeah, and look, if you want to put the Big 12 on notice, what better way to do it than beating the team of the Big 12, which is Oklahoma's kind of owned the Big 12 for the last, you know, 15 years in football, 10, you know, back to Bob Stoops. But if you want to put the Big 12 on notice, beat Oklahoma convincingly the year you're coming into the conference to let everybody know, like, hey, we just beat the kind of predominant team in the Big 12, and now we're here to take over kind of that number one spot, which next year we're going to be preseason top 20 no matter what. How high we go will be yet to be seen, but we're preseason top 20. This win, I think, puts us up around 14, 15, somewhere in that range. All right. A lot of people ask me why I'm not back in the A in San Antonio. I would like to be there, but I am a team player, and I go where everybody else, where uh, Ben Ben White? Long story short. Anyways. All right. Now, um, let's talk about Jackson Arnold. This is fascinating to me, fellas. Oregon now is becoming a quarterback reject you. Now, granted, Bo Nix turned out to be good, so I, and I didn't see that one happening, but I got to give them a lot of credit on that. Dylan Gabriel's moved on to Oregon. I'm excited to see what Jackson Arnold can do, um, but I also think this feeds into Arizona's hands to a certain degree because this is a first-time starter. I know that he was an ultra-high five-star uh, QB, but what we've seen from Arizona has gone through the gauntlet of really talented quarterbacks this year. And whether that's a Michael Penix, whether that's a Caleb Williams and they've, and they've handled it very, very well. We're going to get into some of the matchups, but it's going to be fascinating to me to see what Jackson Arnold, uh, what Jackson Arnold looks like. Cause this isn't a typical undersized crummy U of a defense of a previous five to 10 years, Ben White. Yeah, and, and when he's back there, I understand this is a, a true freshman, but but given the fact that he's a five-star and given the fact that it seems like he's very talented, he has a good arm, he's he's mobile and can make plays happen, you're going to need that good defense. You know, that crummy U of A defense uh, probably would be in quite a bit of trouble if they were uh, showing up for this game. So, yeah, I, I think he's somebody you got to watch out for, and he's obviously somebody who's going to be looking to, to, to make a statement and, and prove that, hey, I, I belong here, right? And, and this is somebody who is going to be moving forward with the program, and this is his first game and his ability to set the tone. So I think when you look across this Oklahoma roster, um, you know, players like him, it means a little bit more to them, I think, just given the situation. Um, it'll also be interesting to see, too, Mike, as you know, they have a really good receiver um, in Petaway. So Arizona has definitely seen its fair share of really good receivers this year. And again, it all goes back to the fact that you played in the Pac-12 this year. And as as crazy it is to say, you know, the Pac-12 for football is obviously uh, no more. But just in terms of the talent and the quality you saw this year, it was easily the most talented uh, power five conference for college football this year. So I think all of that helps Arizona. I think they understand the moment and I think they understand what they're up against and uh, they're all for it. Yeah. <clears throat> if I think about Arnold being a true freshman, making his first start, Oklahoma's replacing three offensive linemen. Two of them are going to be true freshmen starting for the first time as well. So I think, that bodes well for Arizona because they're going to be able to get pressure on the quarterback with a new O-line, new calls, all of those things. Oklahoma, though, third in the country in scoring. Right. They've got, you know, somebody's stoop son as their top receiver, the right. most catches. They've got Nick Anderson who's averaging like 25 yards a catch, which is unheard of, a bunch of touchdowns. Um, they got their starting running back. What I did think was interesting is they had three or four running backs that played, but they all transferred. Right. So they're down to just one running back now that that actually played this year. But for the most part, 
they've got, with the exception of their line, they've got all their skill players back, which will make Arnold's life easier. But I think the line being relatively new and having to communicate so much will be good for Arizona to be able to put pressure on the quarterback. And see, that's where that's kind of a where it's a little bit different from years past, where Arizona, you're like, all right, well, you're not going to be able to get pressure on the quarterback. Arizona's going to be able to get pressure on the quarterback. And we're going to get to that in a second. But first, the BetMGM Sportsbook app. All right, now all kinds of good stuff. Sign up for BetMGM, use bonus code PHNX, place your first BetMGM Sportsbook wager through the BetMGM Sportsbook mobile app of at least $10. If that bet loses, your bonus bets will be available once you're in wager is settled check out the show notes for details i've been telling you guys from day one vegas is still behind on arizona we are going to get to our parlay pick in just a minute but let's hear shane diefenbach with the disclaimer jacob problem call 1-800 gambler colorado dc illinois indiana kansas louisiana maryland mississippi new jersey nevada ohio pennsylvania tennessee virginia west virginia wyoming call 8778 hope and y or text hope and y 467-369 new york call 1-800-327-5050 massachusetts 21 plus to wager please gamble responsibly call 1-800 next step arizona 1-800 bets off iowa 1-800-270-7117 for conference Help Michigan 1-800-981-0023 Puerto Rico in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. All right, now it's time for the BetMGM parlay pick, and we'll get to the portal questions there in just a second. All right, I am back in the A. I'm going to pick Arizona to uh, beat Oklahoma. Um, I will, uh, and I think they're going to cover as well. Um, what is my other pick going to be? And I'm going to pick Arizona to win the Pac-12 uh, championship in basketball. Guys, give me your parlay picks. It's hard to disagree with that. I'll take Arizona to cover. I'll take them to win the championship. And uh, maybe the Detroit Pistons will win a game here soon. Ooh, Brogan, are you going that far? Are you going to go out on the limb and say you think the Pistons are going to win a game? I think they'll win one of the next 50 games they play, but I don't know if it's anytime soon. But my parlay pick, I'm going to stick to the bowl games. I think Arizona covers easy. Arizona being favored against a team like Oklahoma says a lot to me about what the odds makers think about that game. But I'm going to keep it local, and Wyoming is going to be the second leg to win the uh, Arizona Bowl right. um, as my next pick. All right, now uh, um, a question about portal players. Right now, um, obviously, JDL is in the portal. Mikey Matthews is the one player that uh, Arizona fans should keep an eye on, but that is kind of being slow played to a certain degree. Um, This is going to be something where I think you're going to see movement after the spring, kind of like Arizona's done the past couple years uh, with a Taylor Upshaw coming in. they weren't, a, but you got to remember too. You need a you need a pass rusher. You need another linebacker. But it's not like there's a ton of pressing needs. So this team and this Wildcat staff can be very very uh, picky with who they want. Okay, now from an Arizona from Arizona offensive perspective, this is all kinds of exciting for me. Mainly because you got Noah Fafita now, who is kind of on the national radar at this point. And not only is he on the national radar, he's also Listen, next year's next year's team is absolutely loaded. We're going to get into that in a few minutes. But this is also his opportunity. You go into a game against Oklahoma and you continue to do what you do. Throw for your 400 yards, three or four touchdowns. I think the over-under is 305 yards, if I'm not mistaken. You put that on there, you're going to be on some Heisman lists. And let's, let's not act like that isn't the coolest thing in the world. I know people are like, oh, who cares about preseason stuff? I care about preseason stuff. This is a big game here, fellas, for Noah Fafita. It's huge, and it it definitely gets you on the radar for the Heisman. You know, there are some awards that he could win this year. Granted, they're not going to be the Heisman, but it's absolutely huge, and it sets the tone for the next step in his career. And I think it's a little bit different, right, because we've been teased with this. Granted, it's been a long time, but 
Uh, everybody remembers the Khalil Tate Sports Illustrated cover in that fluky year where he had all those rushing yards. But this is just entirely different, as we know. The kid is super talented. The kid is really playing out there like he's been doing this for years. And you ask some of the players, you know, in San Antonio, and you just listen to what they have to say. And you obviously watch him on the field. Doesn't look like a freshman. You know, guy's right. a little bit undersized, but he's got the arm. He's got the accuracy. And I think he sees the field very well. And he's just a very poised quarterback. And Arizona's in, Arizona is in great hands with him. And I'll be curious to see how he plays against an opponent like this. Because as we've noted, you know, they have some guys out, but they're still going to be able to spread the ball around and score. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes toe-to-toe with, with a kid in the Oklahoma quarterback who's obviously a five-star Arnold making his first start. So, again, it'll be a huge game for Noah Fafita. He deserves everything. And I think out of all the people, you know, on this team, it's definitely a collective effort. But I think he really deserves the the win tomorrow. Yeah, when you think about the Heisman, you need a couple of things to go right for you. The first thing is you need to have a big season heading into next year, which he's had. He'll put a stamp on that with the bowl game. You need to be on a team that wins a lot, which Arizona is definitely going to be poised. They're going to be ranked to start the year. And then he's going to have to have an even bigger season next year, which by him not starting the first you know, four yeah. games of the season will give him that ability. And so I think when you look at Jaden Daniels is gone, Penix, Bo Nix, uh, uh, Caleb Williams, right? All the front runners heading into the season yeah. are gone. And so it's kind of a wide open field for the Heisman next year. And he's going to be one of the biggest names heading into the preseason in the Heisman race, which is crazy to say. But there's not that guy out there unless you're just going to rubber stamp Georgia quarterback, Alabama quarterback, Ohio State quarterback guys in the mix. But he's the one who's going to have kind of the most proven track record coming into next year, um, heading into the Heisman race, which is wild considering it's coming from Arizona. But that's where we are. Yeah, what I'm excited about, too, is that he's got a lot of players around him. He doesn't have to do this himself. I think with, you know, with the Khalil Tate, a lot of times it felt like, well, first of all, Khalil Tate had some. The Khalil Tate Rich Rod thing was just both of those guys were kind of knuckleheads. I mean, not bad or anything, but Khalil Tate was perfect for Rich Rod. Rich Rod should have seen that Khalil Tate was better. They both didn't like each other. They both basically tried to run each other out. So I don't know what else to say to that. But Noah Fafita has a wide receiver next year in uh, T Mac who has spurned a million dollar plus offer to go to another school. Uh, T Mac is not going anywhere. He's going to come back to the U of A. He is going to be an absolute star. And uh, you, when you've got a T-Mac who's already on the radar of national folks everywhere, who's going to be a first-round pick, and then the other receivers, too, that we're talking about, and a Malachi Riley, a Kevin Green, these were guys who are high three-star, low four-star players that were committed to USC. He's got a lot of different options, along with a Montana Lamonius Craig and A.J. Jones, other players coming back. It could be a really special season for Noah Fafita just because of all the players he's got around him and the fact that he's good. Well, and you look at the Big 12 next year, right? I mean, Arizona should be the favorite, should they not? Um, with the 14 teams and everything you have going into next year. And again, I think this game sets the tone for that. I mean, you return everybody defensively. Big Bill Norton is huge. That line essentially comes back. I get that you're losing Jordan Morgan, Morgan to the NFL draft, which was going to happen. He's not going to play. But outside of that, you got everybody back. I mean, you've got the receivers. You've got the running game. And I think what's nice about this team is, Obviously, you have a quarterback in Fafita who 
knows his place in the sense that he's never going to do too much. But if you need him to make a big play, he can also do that just because of the guys he has. And if Arizona is going to deal with injuries, God forbid, or, you know, face some type of adversary adversity or challenge, they have a number of different guys that they can go to. And I think you haven't been able to say that in a while about, you know, an Arizona football team, just how balanced they are on, on both sides of the ball. And, you know, you talk about player development and, and Oklahoma is giving credit to Jed fish for that. You know, we're bringing in new guys next year as well. So only knows, you know, who's going to emerge and, you know, who's going to be able to, to make an impact because um, probably you could count at least five or six guys on, on both sides of the, the ball here and, and combined. And you wouldn't think that they would make the impact and do what they did this year just because Arizona's had so much talent emerge on both sides of the ball that I don't think anybody saw coming. Yeah, and I think on offense, <clears throat> losing Callen clearly will hurt, but T-Max really – what makes the offense yeah. go? You need a big third down conversion. You throw it to him. You need to go. You know, you get in the red zone. You throw it to him. So in my mind, T Max, the irreplaceable one to an extent. Cowling, to your point, Mike, we got a bunch of guys that can kind of fill that second receiver right. slot guy. Um, I think Kean Burnett should take a huge step next year. He's super athletic. Um, hopefully, he can pick up some of McLaughlin's um, kind of impact on the offense. But to Ben's point. This team has so much talent across the board, they're going to win a bunch of games. And Noah doesn't have to be perfect to win. Right. But in order to win the Heisman, though, he's going to have to be more perfect than not throughout the season because he's, it's going to take a 4,000-yard, 30-plus touchdown season in order for him to win the Heisman. Well, you also saw it, too, with Michael Penix, where um, he didn't have to – you know, he was in until the end, obviously didn't win it because he had some stinkers. But he was still in it to the end because he also was on a really talented team where they were able to pick stuff up. You just can't be from – unless you're an SEC player, you can't be from a team that has three or four losses. Obviously, that's got to be a little bit different with uh, Noah. Where I'm also fascinated in this game, too, is that Oklahoma, for all of its uh, – uh, you know, all of its talent, they, they don't really get after the passer in a way that I think a lot of people – People are accustomed to thinking about Oklahoma, at least on that D line. And again, you got 19 sacks this season. Arizona got 28. And it's not like you're going against, you know, first round talent, first round talent, offensive linemen. If they don't get to, if they don't get to Noah Fafita, this could be a very long day. And I don't know that there's a heck of an indication that they're going to going to be able to get him knock on wood. Yeah, I mean, and you saw what they did defensively against Kansas and Oklahoma State. And, you know, those are the two games, if you ask Oklahoma fans or people who just observe the Big 12, where you kind of shake your head and say, what's going on here? So, yeah, I think Arizona is going to have the advantage. And as you know, this offense is dangerous when there's no pass rush. And you saw it against some opponents this year where Noah Fafita just had time to sit back in the pocket. And when that happens, Arizona's putting up 27 to, to 40 points. It's, it's just going to happen. And I think not only do you have Fafita back, there, you know, having an easy time. But I think also the big thing that's going to hurt Oklahoma potentially is just stopping the run um, because Arizona has so many different guys they can go to in the backfield. I imagine Wiley's going to have a big game and, and Coleman along with Williams. So I imagine at some point, all three of those guys will get involved. And, you know, it, it's a cliche, Mike, but you, but you really look at it from a roster standpoint in, in terms of this matchup. Oklahoma may not have the horses to hang with Arizona, which still feels crazy saying. <laughs> Brogan, what do you think about that? I mean, the bottom line is Oklahoma averaged like one and a half, two sacks a game this year. If they don't put any pressure on Noah at all, Arizona's going to destroy Oklahoma. If their defense gets a turnover or two or a few stops, we win this game by like 15 to 20. Because if you can't put pressure on Arizona, the feed is too good, too accurate, and the receivers are too good, they're just going to be running all over the field. So, so knowing that Oklahoma can't pressure the quarterback makes me want to triple down on the Arizona pick. Homer, no. maybe. 
Now, Brogan, if you were going to triple down and maybe staying at a cool spot, have you ever been to the Gila River Resorts and Casinos, John Brogan? Um, no comment. All right. Well, either way, you should check it out. The Gila River Resorts and Casinos, very, very cool. You do you at Gila River Resorts and Casinos. I have driven by there before. Visit, visit play at Gila.com for more details. Uh, a They offer an authentic and immersive experience. All kinds of good stuff at the Gila River Casinos and Resort. Now, John Brogan, have you been to Circle K before? I have been to Circle K plenty. All of right. Times. All right. Uh, ben White, have you been to Circle K? Of course. Okay. I have been to Circle K as well. That means the hat trick was just done. Check out Circle K. Become a part of the Inner Circle. You can get 10, 10 cents off free for gas. I see this all the time. Join Inner Circle for free by downloading the Circle K app. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit CircleK.com for details. I think this is also going to be the game, too, where people are going to become very uh, aware of Arizona's two cornerbacks and Takario Davis and Ephesians Prysock because – between uh, obviously Drake Stoops, between Nick Anderson, um, they're different types of players. But Nick Anderson, as Brogan uh, correctly pointed out, that's the next level dude. That's the guy, the six foot five, one hundred ninety five player that's going to be a top 10, 15 pick. Uh, you know, double figure touchdowns, multiple. Um, you know, almost twenty, maybe even more than twenty yards per catch, something crazy like that. But he, that's where Arizona is also unique, guys. Then you got Ephesians, Priceock, Takario Davis, both going about six three, six four, and Priceock stay. You don't see corners go against that, and I think that's going to be a very interesting matchup to watch for Arizona. Well, and you're going to need that, too, if you're Arizona, because if Oklahoma is going to find a way to score here and, and put up a lot of points, it's going to be through the air. Um, I'm confident in Arizona's defensive line. I'm confident in what they have up front to, to at least slow down and, and stop the run. So, you know, at that point, it, it becomes a game just with the corners, like you said. And Oklahoma has good receivers. They have the ability to spread you out. Obviously, most teams in the Big 12 are, but Oklahoma, I think more so than any team in that conference, has proven over the last 10 years that um, they have weapons and they have the ability to spread out the ball and, and, and make you question you know, who the ball is going to on every single play. So those guys get better be ready. They better bring their A game. And, and granted, they have the last you know six weeks, quite honestly. And I think that's one of the bigger areas of, of improvement you've seen on the defense. Now I get the defense has been rock solid for most of the year, but you had a good idea early on, even in the non-conference, just watching Arizona's defensive line and thinking, okay, we've got something here. Um, but the corners have certainly been a work in progress and Arizona has found its sweet spot with those two guys for sure. Yeah. And Oklahoma's third in the country, like 44 points a game. So they're going to score points. Right. Like their offense is too good. I think what you hope for if you're Arizona is, the young offensive line, the young quarterback, you get a mistake or two, a couple turnovers, key sack on third down, something like that, and that turns the game for Arizona. So this isn't going to be a, you know, 28 to 7 Arizona win, but it very likely could be a 47 to 35 Arizona win where it's pretty comfortable throughout the whole game. Yeah, uh, the running game, too, is something that we got to hit on for Arizona. That's going to be a huge factor in this. Obviously, with Michael Wiley, uh, Michael Wiley, it, this is his last collegiate game. He's really become kind of a dynamic pass catcher out of the backfield. Jonah Coleman, another one that can kind of get his all-conference uh, campaign going this year as well. Um, listen, Jonah, uh, Michael Wiley's fantastic. I think he's going to be on an NFL roster. Jonah Coleman is really that workhorse guy. It'd be nice to see them both be able to combine for about 150 on the ground and maybe something like 70 through, uh, you know, through the air. But both these dudes, I think, are going to be huge parts of what Arizona needs to do. 
Yeah, and they're going to get them involved early. It, it's crazy when you look at Coleman's numbers because, like you said, he, he is that bully ball. You know, he's that traditional guy who's who's going to get down low and take the the game into his hands and do what needs to be done, right? But 851 yards on the season for him. I mean, he makes up for seven yards of pop. Yeah, know. seven yards of carry, nearly half of Arizona's rushing yards for, for the whole team on the year. So he is a workforce. DJ Williams is somebody who I think you get into situations where maybe you're looking for that burst because he has shown that when he has an open la- uh, lane, he does have that burst of speed. And Wiley as well, right? You can run him a little bit in between the tackles, but I think more so, as you've noted, you get him out more so in the open field to, to make plays. And that's the thing about this offense, too. It's so fun because you have so many good guys from a skill position standpoint where if you're Noah Fafita, you sit back there and, you know, obviously he's somebody who progresses through his reads very well and I think sees the field and knows what needs to be done. But he's also somebody who has the opportunity just to sit back there and, you know, check one or two reads because nine times out of ten, you're going to have a guy who is able to get open enough and and make plays in the open field. I just think you have so many dynamic options on offense and um, while Oklahoma scores a lot of points, you know, I think defensively, it's just going to be a handful for them. Yeah. Yeah. And when you look at the games late in the season where Arizona has been able to dominate, it's because they've been able to run the ball so effectively again, Fafita is still throwing for 300 yards a game. So that's really what makes the offense go. And that's what puts points on the board. But the fact that they're able to really run the ball and keep them kind of in, in, with the advantage on first yeah. down, second down, short third down. That'll be key. Um, I hate to be greedy, but if Arizona's running for 150 yards and Fafita's throwing it like crazy, then we're winning by 30 if that's the case. So Brogan, always probably not going to go ideally well. One but, of Brogan's favorite things to uh, uh, excoriate me on, and this is very true what he's going, what, what I'm about to say, and he's all, and he's right about this, is generally we go through and we talk a lot. His wife gets mad that we talk so much. I don't blame <laughs> her. I would hate me as well. But we were talking, uh, and my whole thing is, well, they're guaranteed to score 14 points. He's scoring, guaranteed to score 13 points. And then Brogan will say at the end of the conversation, so you believe that Arizona basketball is going to score 171 points this year because <laughs> everybody is putting 15. I just fell into that trap. But either way, all I ask for against Oklahoma is 600 yards of total offense, Brogan. Is that too much to ask? And 60 points. No problem. That's all we we win. If that happens, I guarantee victory. (laughs) That's all right. Now, John uh, Marinaro, great. a great name, great question. How does Oklahoma compare to Washington? Washington's just a lot better. Uh, yeah. Washington's defense is significantly better across the board. And as good as Oklahoma's offense is, I think we were talking about this before. I don't know that there is a better combo in the country than uh, Jalen McMillan and Roma Dunze. I mean, maybe there is. I haven't seen one that's clearly better. Washington, just from pretty much all around, is just a better football team, fellas. Yeah, they're a lot better. I think when you look at Oklahoma this year, it doesn't go for years past, but maybe you compare Oklahoma to a traditional, you know, Texas Tech team that just has a lot of weapons and maybe they just aren't the best defensively when it comes to stopping people. That That's pretty much their MO this year. Defensively, they've struggled all year. They've lost to some teams that they shouldn't have just because their defense really couldn't get a stop. Washington is far and away one of the best teams in college football this year, which is why we're seeing them on New Year's Day. Yeah, Brogan. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a, a decent comparison in terms of offensively, they're going to do some similar things. Oklahoma will run the ball a little bit more from the quarterback spot. But again, Oklahoma, this isn't the Oklahoma that played the 12 regular season games, right? New quarterback, new offensive line, one running back. So I, I think it's a good gauge of can Arizona's defense at least slow down the offense for sure, because you saw what we did to Washington in the second half. Um, but it's a far, far different team given all the different players at each position.
All right, now it's time for predictions. Then we're going to talk a little Arizona basketball. Brogan, are you allowed to hang around for 15 more minutes? Yeah, 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 I'm good. Nice, nice, nice. Here's what I do. When somebody tells me they got to be off at 11, on air, I say at 11. Can you hang around for 15 more minutes? That's the key to life right there, fellas. <laughs> All right, I'm going, I'm back in the A. Ben White said it on radio earlier today. He thinks that Oklahoma's going to lambast Arizona. <laughs> I don't see that lambast Arizona. I don't see any of that. Yeah, um, right. I am picking Arizona. I'm back in the A. I'm going 48-38. Good guys. What say you, Ben White? Then you, John Brogan. I'm going 38-24. I think I thought you were going to get the same prediction. I was going to go. No, I I think their defense really gives Oklahoma a tough time, and they're not able to score the 30-plus they're accustomed to. Brogan? I'm going 52-36, some weird two-point conversion at the end. with Wow, that's different. 52-36. Oh, oh, I like it. I will say this. I don't care who's right on this. As long as somebody here is right, (laughs) we expect double-digit win by the U of A because it's merely Oklahoma that uh, we're playing. But either way, I feel good about this game, joking aside, because I think Arizona's got pretty much everything to its advantage. Again, I get it. You know, things as Oklahoma. I like Arizona's quarterback play more. I think Arizona's got better raw talent, which is just wild to say. I don't, quite frankly, I don't think there's a lot of teams in the country that have better raw talent than Arizona. Then um, I think Arizona wants it more. Um, You've got a full roster outside of Jordan Morgan. A lot of things I think point in Arizona's direction here. So we will find that out. Um, Now, we're going to talk a little bit of Arizona basketball. Speaking of Oklahoma, uh, I got to give Oklahoma a fan in here a little bit of credit. I had no clue that Oklahoma basketball was good this year. Um, when somebody uh, mentioned uh, to me that uh, Oklahoma is leaving the uh, Big 12 to go to the SEC, I said, who cares? They stink. And then I looked and they were seventh in the country. So um, <laughs> either and they're good. But Arizona basketball, peeps. We got to stop worrying about this. Arizona is still fourth in the country for a good reason. FAU is a very, very good team. And at the end of the day, Arizona basketball, I don't really have any concerns. Sure, it would have been nice to have won that. But at the end of the day, this team's still going 34 and four, fellas. Yeah, I think it's similar to the Purdue game where you look at it and it, it really doesn't mean much. Um, you know, from a ranking standpoint, Arizona still stayed at four in the AP poll. And then regardless, that doesn't really matter. But look, FAU is a very good team. They played in the final four last year where there are a number of things that Arizona maybe could have done better or things that you would like to see a little bit corrected or, or worked on. Of course, that goes with every basketball game, win or loss. But the fact that you were able to get it to double overtime, the fact that FAU's guard Davis at 35 points, you know, was shooting lights out. There was nothing you could do defensively. It was just one of those days where FAU was just making every shot. There wasn't a whole lot you could do about it. You know, people want to talk about the end shot, but at the same time, you got to get the ball to Caleb Love just because you bring in a player like that to take a shot like that. And while I'm not a fan of it being, what, 40 feet away from the basket, maybe the look could have been a little bit better. But nonetheless, you lost by one point. Uh, Keyshaw Johnson, Arizona's second best player, had probably his worst game of his tenure here. And there were just a number of different issues that I think Arizona had up front offensively and, and at times defensively, you know, on the guards. But again, not much you can do. A lot to work on, yeah. But in the grand scheme of things, does it does it panic me? Does it does it make me concerned about this team? No. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's a little bit of of everyone being caught up in the moment. When you if you would have started with the schedule at the beginning of the season us having two losses in the conference play, you would have said, okay, that feels pretty normal right? given how tough the schedule is. I think we also got lulled to sleep with 
Sean Miller scheduling every mid-major possible, <laughs> right. whereas Lloyd went out and got these games that represent now. As a season ticket holder, I'm pissed that they're all neutral site, but it's the ideal. It's not about you, Morgan. It's about I us, know, not you. I know. I know. It's the ideal battle test for the tournament, though, right? Right. And so playing in Vegas, playing in Phoenix, playing in Naples, going to Duke is a good way for this team to not get Princeton again next year. And so now going to the tournament, there won't be any surprises. The moment won't be too big early. Maybe if you get to the final four, the moment you know becomes too big to handle. But we need these games to be ready for the tournament rather than beating up on Bucknell and then getting to play Princeton and all of a sudden we're caught late in the game and we're losing. Um, I think this sets us up well for the tournament for sure. And if we if we there's no dominant team in the West besides Arizona. So the one seed is kind of a lock for Arizona. UCLA yeah. Yeah. this year, Gonzaga's down. So even if we lose six games on the year, we're still going to be a one seed in the West. So nothing to worry about there. All right. Now, Brogan, have you been to Illegal Pete's? You have a big family with a lot of kids, a lot of extended relatives. Have you been to Illegal Pete's? I have been. Not with my family, but I have been. You need to go there with the family. Take all the Rugrats to Illegal Pete's. Whether you're shopping for a margarita maniac, that would not be what Brogan would be shopping for, or a queso connoisseur, Illegal Pete's is your one-stop shop to spread the cheer. Grab $100 in Illegal Pete's gift cards and get an extra $25 gift card for free. Looking for some holiday fun stuff or stocking stuffers? Check out their holiday March, uh, their holiday merch safe. All t-shirts are just $15 through the end of the year. And, oh, geez, another thing that I can guarantee you Brogan does not partake in, but I do partake in because check it out again. Very good stuff. Oh, geez. All kinds of uh, you can get the fruits, the creams to learn more about OG's gummies and where you can find them. Head on over to ogsbrands.com. All kinds of good stuff. I've had many people come up and say, thanks for getting me on to the OG's. I do what I can from, again, the uh, the fruits, the creams, uh, all kinds of good stuff. OG's, my friends. OG's. All right. Now, you, you mentioned, too, with Arizona, as far as going into this, let's talk about the Pac-12 here for a second. Um I generally try to stick up for the Pac-12 when I can. There's, you just can't. There are just way, this is about as bad as I've ever seen the conference in basketball. And guys, it's because we have a variety of programs that just don't care about basketball. Let's be honest. Oregon State doesn't care. Washington State doesn't care. Cal doesn't care. Stanford doesn't care. ASU definitely doesn't care. I mean, I can, I just rattled off half the conference almost. That to me is the problem. And that's why I'm ecstatic to be going into a real conference. Yeah, it, it's it's one of those years, right, where it, it's so bad, it's not even worth talking about. I mean, SC has some talent, Oregon maybe, but outside of that, Mike, I mean, UCLA is terrible. Those those teams that you all broke down there, they have issues. And, you know, we've talked about just the, the bench and some of the guys that Arizona has on the back end and just the talent that they bring. They're probably starting at half these teams in, in the conference, right? So that alone should go to show you just the state of the Pac-12 and Again, it's good why you play these non-conference games to Brogan's point, and Lloyd has even said as much that it's only going to continue because you need as many tests as, as humanly possible because come March, it's too late if you lose to Princeton. And furthermore, you know, from a seating standpoint, I get the West is is totally Arizona's this year regardless of what happens, but you know, more times than not, you're going to need some quality wins on your resume, and the committee has shown us year after year, at least in recent memory, that they're going to award the teams that played a tougher schedule and maybe lost early on versus the team that went undefeated and played nobody. So again, it's good that Arizona has played these games. I think you're going to learn a lot more about them, you know, these first two months, November and December, than you'll be learning in mid January and early February, because those are going to be below 
blowouts, and those are going to be games where Arizona is going to dominate. Now, there are going to be spots where you'd like to see some some wins in terms of maybe getting some more players involved. How, did KJ, how does K.J. Lewis develop? How does a guy like Jaden Bradley develop off the bench as well? But outside of that, from a win-loss perspective, Mike, they're going to boat race the Pac-12. Rogan. Yeah, we were we were so optimistic about the Pac-12 before the season oh, started. Gosh. Oregon's roster had a lot of young, athletic talent. UCLA had a lot of foreign talent, unknown but still high-rated, high-profile guys. Colorado obviously has talent. USC has a ton of talent. But then they all went out and lost a bunch of games with the exception of Colorado. And, I mean, you could make the case that Washington's maybe the third-best team in the Pac-12, which we haven't said but you know, maybe once in the last 15 years. And so – it makes it even more important that Arizona had the non-conference schedule they had this year because they're not going to get tested in the Pac-12. At Colorado, it's going to be a tough game. At Utah, it's always a tough game. There's probably one more clunker out there somewhere, whether it's at Oregon, at USC. But there's so many bye weeks, man. Like, I mean, just yeah. where, like, you're just not playing anybody. Yeah, and so they're going to – they needed the non-conference schedule because the, the, the Pac-12 play is going to be a cakewalk. They're going to lose – you know, two games, three max, just if because that, yeah. you've got the potential to go out there and lay an egg on the road. It's the second half of a back-to-back or whatever. But um, this is going to be one of the easier Pac-12 titles that Arizona's ever had, for sure. Let's mock and ridicule Shear for a couple minutes before we sign off, since he's not here and he's in a group and he can't fight back against himself. But he couldn't, even if he would. Which is the worst Shear evaluation, guys? I got this. I just came up with this off the top of my head. The KJ Lewis was rightfully rated as a fringe top 100 player in his class. That Cody Williams was not good enough to get an Arizona offer. Cody Williams will go in the first round of Colorado, or that he wouldn't have added Caleb Love. Which one of those is the worst? Oh man, it's Tate on Sheer Day. Um, yeah, he uh, it. <laughs> this one's I, easy. I'll go first, Ben. This one's easy. Go ahead. As much as I want it to be KJ Lewis, Cody Williams is projected to go in the top five of every single mock draft out there. And I think Shear's exact words were, I'm not sure I would offer him at this point when he saw him. So to go from, I'm not sure if I should offer him to a surefire lottery pick, but top five. Like, I think that's the biggest swing and miss in my mind. Yeah. I, I yeah. I can't defend that. What's the battle for second place then? Uh, I think it's, I think to me, um, I think it's KJ Lewis. I, kinda, I, get, I get why he didn't want to have a love. I, he was wrong, but I get why I can at least rationalize it. But the KJ Lewis thing, not even top 100. Are you kidding? And, and for me, the KJ Lewis thing goes back many years, many recruits of elite wingspan, elite athleticism. Checked off every box. Yeah. Every box that they've ranked players high for in the past that have maybe flopped at times, but also showed up at times. They used it against K.J. Lewis because his body was already developed. He's already peak athleticism. He's not going to get that much better. He can't shoot. Turns out he's kind of built for the NBA. He's peak athleticism, but he's already in the top two percentile of all-time peak (laughs) athleticism. This isn't Stanley Johnson. One other one here, uh, uh, Conrad coming off the bench. Who has a better college career, Philly B or Conrad? Philly B easily. Yeah. Great. Um, Again, when you see Euros play and you watch film, the hardest thing to do is to translate it to the college or the pro game. Right. Unless you're, you know, Victor Wembanyama, then it's easy. Right. But you have no gauge for the talent they're playing against. So Conrad Martinez might look like TJ McConnell on film, but then when you put him in an actual real game against real college players, he looks more like us. Yeah. And that's a problem when you want to try to get minutes. Philly B at least 
can come in the game and play and not lose a game for you if he played eight to ten minutes. Conrad, I think, has the potential to give up eight points in two or three minutes or potentially, you know, turn the ball over. I don't see that with Philly B. All right, Ben White, do you agree with this? I would concur with all of that. All right, guys. Um, for Ben White, John Brogan, very much appreciate both of you. All of you on there. And yes, five of kind, Larry Markinen took it to Wemby. I hope that yep. Larry Markinen gets on a good team, even though the Jazz cer- certainly have shown they know how to use him. But all of you guys, you're absolutely fantastic. You're the ones that make the show. Oh, I already got OGs in here, uh, Jacob Franklin. Oh, I do apologize. I got one more read. I do have one more read, and I uh, I didn't even cross it out. Desert Financial Credit Union. All right, guys. Here's the deal with Desert Financial Credit Union. Um, when you open up a free checking online account, get $200 in bonuses. Get started by visiting desertfinancial.com slash 200. Check it out. Again, uh, join a credit union that is committed to giving back to the community and sharing success with the members. Again, look for Desert Financial for checking and saving savings accounts and mortgages, loans, credit unions, uh, you name it. They have got it. I already read OGs, Jacob Franklin. You will not get mad at me for this one, but on that note, um, we will be back with you tomorrow. What, t- what time's the game tomorrow? 730? 7.15, I think. 7.15. So probably about a 10.30 post game, everybody. Mark, your da- mark it down. Again, appreciate all of you. You guys are fantastic. For Ben White, For John Brogan, for Jacob Franklin behind the scene, I am Mike Luke. You have been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.